there's just so much going on. The Soviet Union still exists. Um, mm-hmm. per, you know, just complete wild shit happening constantly. Yeah, it's like, I would describe it as um, if the lead singer of Vampire Weekend wrote Dragon Ball Z as a love letter to Kanye West. Welcome to Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a Caprese boy. And we're back in this new year to make a triumphant return to the world's most problematic city, Neo-Yokio. Before we don our midnight blue tuxes to the black and white ball, remember you can help us on Mortify the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. And exciting developments uh we have a tumblr now mortifiedpod.tumblr.com Aaron and i are excellent shit posters and also we post clips and stuff on there so if you're tumblr minded please follow us there um again mortifiedpod.tumblr.com and uh sign up for our newsletter because that's coming out tomorrow with this episode so but don't worry if you miss it because guess what i post it on twitter it's almost like everything is interconnected that's right. Aaron, mm-hmm. how was your new year? You know, uh, I spent it with you and some other people who have been on this show before. Um, so it was actually pretty good. Uh, you know, we hung out, we played some Jackbox games, and me and Sierra drank an entire bottle of champagne. So it kind of rules. Hey! <laughs> yeah, it did rule. You were very loose by the end of the night. Oh, I yeah. you got That's about sleep. as drunk as I've ever gotten in front of my internet friends before. So it's exciting. Oh, sh- <laughs> I took about nine shots and barely crossed tips. You were so. fine, which was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was buck fucking wild. Um, do you have a New Year's resolution uh, that you wish to state publicly to hold yourself accountable to? Um, I mean, sometimes I do New Year's resolutions, but you know, after twenty twenty and going into twenty twenty one, I think it's just to oh try to be kind to myself and others and um not lose the hope. <laughs> That is very practical and also very sweet, and I wish you luck in this endeavor. Me too. Do you have a New Year's resolution? I want to drink a gallon of water a day. A gallon? I just bought a gallon water bottle. It's in the dishwasher. I'm gonna try. Well, I think your kidneys will be pristine, and I wish the best for them. <laughs> Thank you. I, I hope uh, I hope my kidneys and I can uh, um, strike, uh, strike a new, fresh relationship here in 2021. <laughs> yep, I'm sure you'll be seeing them a lot. Um, so, <laughs> on that ominous note, um, you, we, we last time, our last episode, we briefly covered uh, Jaden Smith's anime, Neo Yokio. We covered the Christmas special, which was just an hour-long, like, mini-movie, which... Um, you know, was certainly interesting and enlightening about the, uh, the universe of Neo Yokio. Um, mm-hmm. But you thought it'd be a good idea to cover the whole show, which is only six episodes. They're very short, fun, um, and, and easy to get through. But um, they did not add any additional context that the movie might have required of you, which, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the show is chaos. <laughs> 
It is chaos personified and rewatching it. Mind you, so I've seen the Christmas special now three times and the show itself, I think also three times. Like I said, it's six episodes. Um, and all of my notes were just quotes. It is the most wildly quotable, insane six episodes of television you could subject yourself to. And if you walk into it sober, even if you don't imbibe a substance, you will walk out of it not sober. Yeah, I definitely got, like, a contact high after, <laughs> like, like one of my first notes is literally just like, oh, the Prime Minister of Chanel, I see. <laughs> <laughs> a throwaway line that is never mentioned again. Which, like, I hate that in, like, fantasy, like, books. Specifically, I'm thinking of, like, I try to get into Django Wexler, and I'm sure he's a great author, but, like, he started one of his books with just, like, hey, here's a bunch of nouns that you, as somebody who's never read any of this series coming in, um, you you will have to learn through the course of this book, but, like, if you stick them all in the first five minutes of your book, that's when I check out. I'm just like, I don't I don't know what these nouns mean. Sorry, dog. Uh, in in Neo Yokio, they're all meaningless anyway, so <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is fine, actually. <laughs> Well, isn't capitalism in itself meaningless, Aaron? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think Jaden, or Kaz, as his character is called, um, tries to find some meaning in capitalism. And, you know, I guess it's up to the viewer whether or not he comes out with a new interpretation of life. Well, he's not even that elegant. The only thing elegant about him is his taste in luxury chocolates. (laughs) I am not nouveau riche! (laughs) (laughs) Truly, like... By the way, that luxury chocolates thing happens before Helena St. Tessero, uh, another character in this wild romp, has to save Kaz from being sacrificed to summon a demon so that Helena's cult following can get possessed like she did. And she comes in and smashes them all over the head with a giant Toblerone. When we say this show is chaos, the show is chaos. Yeah, like, we're saying all this, and, like, if you've never seen this show, it, it won't make any sense to you. It also still does not make any sense to me. Um, like, watching it didn't provide any additional context, which I think is is fine for the way that they presented it. Because, like, like you said, right, it's just sort of like, hey, here's a bunch of brands and names, and only everybody only cares about getting rich and being perceived as rich. Like, the one of the main plot points, which is this Bachelor ranking, is never explained. They just say, like, okay, oh, well, now that you've broken up with your ex, your girlfriend, Kathy, you're back on the Bachelor board. Uh, and, like, and then his ranking goes up and down uh, throughout the course of the series. But, like, they don't explain why the Bachelor board is important or what its history is or its significance, throughout, why there's a big, most eligible Bachelor's thing in Neo Yokio. It's, it's just there. <laughs> In, like, Times Square, by the way. Like, this is a central feature of Neo-Yokio. And the top seven bachelors are displayed on the bachelor board, and it's usually Kaz. Though his ranking slips kind of up and down throughout the series. Um, And his arch-nemesis, and Aaron's arch-nemesis, Arcangelo Corelli. Uh, My angel. Yes, of course. Uh, Layla keeping in her tradition of loving terrible men. Um, So awful. uh, We should probably try to summarize the pot. So basically, Kaz, uh, Jaden Smith, lives in Neo-Yokyo, which is a combination of New York City and Tokyo. Um, He is a demon hunter. not even. I mean, like, not really, though. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, anime tropes, but it's mostly New York, except under, like, half of it's underwater. Um, Yes. 
yeah, I guess, I don't know, global warming. But, um, like, basically, he comes from a family of demon hunters, so he has superpowers. And, like, the superpowers barely factor into anything, uh, which I appreciate. <laughs> They're really not the central focus, which is hysterical, um, and perhaps what all anime should be. Um, but anyway, it follows his journey through throughout this, you know, he's trying to... He, he's employed as his demon hunter, but that's really a side thing, as he learns about this girl that he is kind of into, um, Helena St. Tessero, who has this revelation after being possessed by a demon that, like, Neo Yokio is this big capitalist hellscape and it should be destroyed. Um, and she, uh, at the end, like, eventually bombs this bachelor board, um, and, like, is becomes a terrorist and Jin or Kaz has to get her out. And like, like, that's basically the story. I mean, there's a lot of extra, you know, fun, colorful side characters, but that's the main plot. Um, it's pretty wild. There's, there's just so much going on. The Soviet union still exists. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just complete wild shit happening constantly. Yeah. It's like, I would describe it as, um, if, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend wrote Dragon Ball Z as a love letter to Kanye West. Uh, I mean, the lead... I mean, you talked about this on the last episode, but Ezra Koenig, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, is the guy who wrote this show, right? Yes, absolutely, 100%. So imagine that guy writing Dragon Ball Z, but it's, like, kind of about Kanye West. That is what this show feels like. It is a strange superhero romp with no rules... The powers kind of barely factor into it, and it's mostly about brands. Very, very much so. Like, the first, the first, like, scene where Jaden's just like, oh, I have to go shopping to get a new suit for this thing. He goes into Bergdorf's, which is apparently, like, a rich people shopping store, and he, he is blindfolded, and he is shopping for his uh, tuxedo by feel alone. And I was like, oh my god, he sucks so bad. <laughs> and who's there? Our clerk from the Christmas special! Yeah, I was pleased to see him. I missed him. And he shows up throughout the series, like, at the polo, the, the polo hockey games, or, um, you know, at all of the major events. <laughs> He's also at the black and white ball with Aunt Agatha. Like, who is this clerk that he's invited to these fucking high society functions? I'll tell you who he is. The show had no budget. So (laughs) it's all five extras. There's no extras, no crowds, no nothing. This show is made on a shoestring budget and it shows, but like, it's not made on a shoestring budget in that way where like, you know, the writing took a hit, or, like, um, I don't know, like, the art is, like, janky in one scene, but you could tell they, like, put all the- no. It is all shoestring, and they're like, okay, none of this is gonna make any sense, all of this is gonna look insane, we're just gonna have fun. And it- I mean, like, I'm a Caprese boy now, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, there's a major subplot about a Caprese martini that carries over into the Christmas special, but it is born in the main series- and I'm obsessed with it. Which, by the way, um, com with Caprese Boy merch, merch is still up. Epilepsy warning. If you go to it, don't click on anything. Um, but if you want to go and, and uh, look at the the fake merch that they made, uh, it, it is still up and it's absolutely fucking delightful. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Fuck material. Mm, okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> I was so upset I wanted one of those sweaters. Yeah, they look cool. Um, man. But you know, fuck material goods. You gotta, you gotta. Um, should we talk about some of the characters? 
I mean, I think we have to, because we can't explain the fucking plot. That's an excellent point. Um, we've already talked about Kaz Khan. Um, we could talk about his Aunt Agatha, who is, um, as you've described in our summary, uh, a chaos agent. Absolutely. Anytime anything is happening, Aunt Agatha will call Kaz and ruin it. For no reason. Yeah, literally just like, oh, hey, Kaz, you had this thing planned. I have a job for you. And you either have to, you know, cancel on it or try to do both at the same time. Uh, I really liked that when he was trying to go on this date with this uh, pop star from Tennessee uh, at the same time as, um, you know, defend the museum from demons, which was really funny. Yeah, which, by the way, the pop star's name who he's trying to date, her name is Saint Pellegrino, like San Pellegrino, the fancy soda. The rich people, LaCroix. Her name is Saint Pellegrino. I fucking love that joke. Also, she has an offensive southern accent. But we love her because she is a pop star who has her own business cards that say pop star on them and also came out singing opera at a basketball game. That was such a good reveal because like, she's like, <laughs> I'm going to sing the Neo Yokio National Anthem and it's like this heart-stirring, you know, op- operatic ballad. And then she's like, howdy, y'all. <laughs> it's just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> She's a fucking delight, and she she's very, like, pro, um, because Cass is like, because Aunt Agatha calls him, and she's just like, by the way, you're running security for the black and white ball, and he's like, oh, but Aunt Agatha, I'm taking St. Pellegrino to the to the game, or to the, to the ball, and she's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Go. And he's like, okay, and he rides his robot, which, by the way, he has a robot butler. Um, he rides his robot butler to go visit St. Pellegrino, and he's just like, hey, I have to work, like, I'm so sorry, you deserve somebody to better to take you to this thing, and she's just like, oh, honey, there ain't nothing wrong taking- I was just like, that accent is coming out a lot at me right now, but she is saying that it's cool to work for your money, so you know what, I'm still pro St. Pellegrino. And it's wild that her southern accent is insane, but Mila sounds convincingly Russian. Yeah, at some point, there's um, a Soviet Union uh, race car driver, uh, and yeah, like, I don't know, you, you're the Russian expert here. I She sounded pretty good to me. It's weird because her accent sounded kind of fake, but her Russian sounded really, really good. So I'm wondering if it's a situation like me where, like, you're fluent, but you just can't put the accent on onto, like, English words. Because I can't. Like, I can't do an English or, an, or a Russian accent on my English. But I'm fluent in Russian and I don't have an American accent. Okay, also, I just went back through my notes. It's not Saint Pellegrino. It's Sailor Pellegrino. <laughs> Sailor Pellegrino. <laughs> which is actually oh better God. because it Even is both better. the soda joke and also Sailor Moon, which rules. <laughs> That's fuck so hard. Oh. God. Oh I love Sailor God. Pellegrino. I'm pro. I'm team Sailor Pellegrino. No, uh, she's absolutely just like, no, it's my my mom had to work to get me through Popstar school. So I'm happy that to, that you can work through this ball. So three jobs in North Clackalacka or whatever the fuck made up town she comes from. Yeah, North Clackalacka. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she's she's a breath of fresh air in this in this um in this insanity, um, because she's very pro-work. Uh, okay, so we talked about Cass, we talked about Aunt Agatha. Uh, this is actually a perfect transition into Helena St. Tessero, the world's premier fashion blogger. <laughs> um, she got a custom Chanel suit from the uh, Prime Minister of Chanel that was possessed by a demon, and that's, like, episode two. <laughs> uh, it, it's literally the first episode, like, that's... <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's your introduction to this world. 
Yeah, um, and I, I like uh, Helena St. Tessera a lot because she is the only character who grows throughout this entire... Uh, she's, like, the only person who has, like, a real arc. I mean, I guess Kaz, like, sort of becomes disillusioned with Neo Yokio, but, I mean, at the beginning and the end, he sort of still ends up watching women play tennis on a rooftop. So, like, I don't know how much his arc has actually shifted, but she's actually like, no, I realize that being rich is bad, actually. Um, so I'm going to do a terrorist attack on um, a big stupid sign and then get spirited away in the nose of a race car away to um, Canada. Where did she Where did she run away to? Connecticut? <laughs> Connecticut. Well, no, they try to go to Connecticut, and then they have to go to Jersey. Mm, yes, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, and they have to escape. Okay, they have to escape by way of um, Kaz's job was to def- to make sure that the Soviet race car driver didn't defect. She defects, so Kaz says that Helena should put on the uniform of the Soviet driver while she's being headhunted by this like judge. Wild. Um, and then that doesn't work, so Kaz has to put on the, the, the Soviet driver's suit, and then he puts Helena in a Louis Vuitton bag in the nose of his car, and they drive, and they almost make it all the way to the race, and he almost spitefully wins against his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend, but then he's like, no, I gotta go, and he takes the last second turn to the Lincoln Tunnel, and, uh, takes the bag, um, where Helena technically isn't, but he takes the bag, and he thinks Helena's in there out into new jersey that is in like four minutes yeah yeah it's not even a whole episode that's a side arc yeah i mean that's it's really it's really impressive i think just the way that they managed to wrap up all these weird stories into these very small episodes i think they do a great job of just you know packaging the insanity in something that's believable and consumable and fun well, also, like, it's insane to me that all of this happens and, like, Helena and Kaz have the most convincing emotional arc I've seen in a while where, like, they clearly, like, he says they've hooked up before. They're cl- they've clearly been friends for a long time. They were, like, kind of flirty in the beginning. And then when she, like, <laughs> she goes full hikikomori and <laughs> just, like, locks herself in a room. Like, you know, any normal, like, anime or cartoon would have these two characters kind of turn against each other, but they stay friends. Like, they turn against each other, but they still, like, try to come together. They try to see eye to eye, and they have this, like, very clearly complicated relationship where um, they save each other, but then they fight, and then they save each other again, but then they fight. And then in the end, like, Helena comes to Kaz for help getting out of the city, and he's like, they're saying you blew up the bachelor board, and she's like, I fucking did. (laughs) And he still helps her. Like, it's very, like, it's so strikingly nuanced that you're like, this chaos show makes no sense. How is this emotional core working? I don't fucking understand. Um, We should also say Helena has a cult following called the Hellenists. (laughs) To quote the Hellenists, Helena has not lost the plot. Helena (laughs) is the plot. And the author. And the main character. (laughs) to wear their school uniforms and just wear hospital gowns like Helena does and renounce fashion so Kaz has to go teach them elegance. It's so good. Uh, This show Galaxy Brain is so fucking This is the same... This is the same show episode where, like you said, she gets res- she rescues him uh, from by beating her followers over the head with a Toblerone. And then when he's like, how, do- how come you knew to come save me? He said, she says, I had a dream that a Toblerone was in trouble, and that Toblerone was you. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Um, what would your metaphysical candy representation be? Oh, I think, gosh, um, probably a Kit Kat. Man, uh, a bitch loves imported Kit Kats. Have you ever had the Japanese flavors? They're fucking excellent. Um, yeah, I think I'd be a, um... Oh, wow, I asked the question and I don't have my own answer. Isn't that fucking tragic? I think it'd probably be a Twix. That's good. That's a good answer. Twixes are my, my favorite, I think. I, well, Kit Kats are my favorite, but we can't both be Kit Kats. Yeah. That'd be weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Arcangelo Corelli. Okay, we have to talk about boing. Arcangelo. <sighs> All right. We do. Sound um, less excited. Gosh, I just... He's very much like... If Kaz is, like, a flawed, rich person that is, like, trying to work through their problems with consumerism, Archangelo is, like, the opposite of that. He's, like, very much completely bought into the high society of Neo Yokio, uh, and he's, like, a huge douchebag. Um, at one point, um, he <laughs> he's making fun of uh, Kaz because Kaz, instead of getting a black tux has a midnight blue tux. It's the very, very darkest shade of blue. And uh, for some reason, everyone can tell, uh, which is very funny. But uh, Cass goes to shop at this at Bergdorf's, um, and Archangelo's in the next uh, changing room. He says, Cass Khan, the midnight blue dawn. <laughs> Archangelo, what, do you live here? I wish I lived here. Me too. <laughs> which <laughs> kind of sums up their whole relationship. Um, they're both, you know, they both are rivals and hate each other, but they also have this fondness for the high society of Neo-Yokio, which is, uh, detestable. I don't know, I would argue that Archangelo is, has always will be, and continues to be, and will forever be in love with Kaz, because all it takes for him to become obsessed with Kaz is the destruction of the fucking Bachelor board, because as soon as that goes down, uh, Archangelo's like, there's no more East Side gentlemen and West Side gentlemen. Now we're all just gentlemen. And he tries so fucking hard to be Kaz's friend to the point where, like, the pivotal conflict. Like, Kaz needs help getting this race car out. And he's just like, hey, you can't hit my car. I need to get out of here. And Arcangelo's like, I'll help you, but I'll only do it for a homie. And Kaz is like, fucking do it then. And Arcangelo's like, say we're homies. And Kaz has to tell him they're homies for him to fucking stop the French-Canadian driver from slamming into his car. It is... I love Arcangelo. Also, I just want to mention the Midnight Blue Tux is a fucking plot point, not only for Arcangelo wearing the Midnight Blue Tux and like calling um, Kaz out for being nouveau riche because it's like trendy to wear a Midnight Blue Tux to the black and white ball if old money does it. But the main villain of episode one is the demon that possesses Helena St. Tessero, which then goes from the bespoke Chanel suit into oh my god what is it called the um, skull right the crystal encrusted yeah. skull or something yeah it has like a name um okay so it's a, it's a crystal encrusted skull i googled it it's real oh shit it's real the skull the crystal skull is real like whatever the artist is that's real you can google it it's, it's there and um so the demon possesses this diamond skull because apparently diamonds amplify demonic power this never comes back um and uh Kaz is wearing a black tux now against the midnight blue sky and the skull just goes I see you bitch <laughs> wearing a black tux against the midnight blue sky um, that uh, piece is actually called For the Love of God by Damien Hurst uh, yes. 2007 uh, and it's real Yep. someone put a cast of a human skull in a bunch of diamonds 
and they put it in a museum. I don't know what it means. I don't know what to do. Uh, I just know it's real. According to Wikipedia, the artwork is a memento moria, or a reminder of the mortality of the viewer. Thanks, Damien. Am I going to turn into diamonds when I die? Well, I plan on turning into diamonds. <laughs> I, I don't know if y'all have heard, but you can get your ashes compressed into diamonds. I want to do that. I want somebody to put my ashes in diamonds and then put the diamonds in my skull eye holes. So then my ashes can just watch over my family home. That... Hmm. I think you should revise your stance on having children specifically for that reason. <laughs> I I might adopt someday. <laughs> there we go. I don't, my body cannot physically have those. And also, pregnancy is terrifying. That's um, fair. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I, I truly, like, what is that supposed to do? I don't know, but now it's in this weird Jaden Smith anime, which, like, Netflix never formally canceled. Where's season two, Ezra? <laughs> Why isn't friend like you on Spotify, Ezra? I want more of this weird show. I want less of that one transphobic ass episode that was. Weird. Yeah, can we talk about that? Because yeah, mm, it was gross. Didn't yeah, like it. so there's one part where um, Kaz's friend uh, Lexi and Gottfried. Lexi, yeah, Lexi and Gottfried. Gottlieb, they Gottlieb. they're checking out this pool for um, for Kaz's uncle because he died. Um, and they fall into the pool, and the pool has, like, a spell on it. So it turns Lexi into a woman and Gottfried into a panda. Uh, and the panda stuff is all fine, but they do make Lexi into, um, a woman, and I don't think it's handled especially well. Uh, <laughs> no, because he, uh, so, well, Kaz is gross in this episode, too, like, uncharacteristically yes. gross. Um, he, like, makes Lexi go with him to this party as his date, and then Lexi, like, uses the opportunity to hook up with a queer woman. Yes, yeah. Which is really gross. Um, and not in, like, yeah, um, and then, like, he gives Kaz this whole lecture on, like... How gender is a spectrum, and, like... Which is uh, just out of place and gross. Yeah, like, if you're gonna do that first stuff, you don't get a lecture us about the second stuff, like, mm. No, it was it was bad. I will the one thing I appreciate about Lexi getting a woman's body or well, like a cis woman's body is that he does immediately discover tits as pockets. Uh yes, I did remember I did see that where he's just like whoop. It which is if y'all have tits, you know. That's a pocket now. If you have to wear well, we don't have to, but if you wear women's clothes, well quote again, quote unquote women's clothes. You know, there's never any pockets. Never any good pockets. They're always shallow as shit. You gotta use tits if you have them. Or purses, but mostly tits. So, like, you know what? I do appreciate that one little detail that got in there. He just pops it right in there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the rest of the episode is incredibly uncomfortable. Um, also, why is Kathy British? Um, I mean, I guess Charles is also kind of British, so it makes sense. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad they clarified that <laughs> she is his pilot and, and not actually Charles himself, although it's you know, he's she's still kind of Charles, but it, it does make a little bit more sense, because especially, like, at the end when Charles runs out of power, and, like, she comes out and yells at Cass, and then uh, Lexi and Gottlieb are like, yeah, man, of course she's his pilot. Don't you know how mechas work? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, I got him secondhand. <laughs> Which was a really funny anime joke. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I meant, I meant Cass's ex-girlfriend. Oh, oh, um... Yeah, why is she British? Because, like, Charles, I get it. It's like a butler stereotype. Yeah. Like, his pilot, too. I forget her actual name. I'm pretty sure the lady who voices Ke- uh, uh, Charles's pilot is... Oh, my God, what is her name? Um, she's really famous. Dom There's a bunch Deloise? of really famous actors in this. 
Um, Jude Law is Charles, by the way. Oh, okay. Don't know if we've mentioned that little tidbit. Who has done uh, Dolly's? I just said a name. Edwina Khan, Neo, Yo, P, uh, Susan, oh my god, it's Susan something. Susan Sarandon? Yes! Okay. I, I think. Let me check, let me double check that, let me check. Yeah, it is, Susan Sarandon is both on Agatha and, um, I did not know, uh, Jesus and Miro were Legsy and Gottlieb. Huh. Jason Schwartzman is Archangelo. Yeah, Jude Law's Charles. Yeah, insanely star-studded cast for this. Absolutely. Rashida Jones is in this. Yeah, like, they Stephen got- Fry. <laughs> I mean, it was probably just because, like, Jaden Smith knows people, and, and like, you know, Exer Koenig and, and knows people, and they were just like, hey, do you want to do something dumb for a second? And they were all, like, probably like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, considering Willow Smith and Amanda Steinberg are Hellenists. Wait, Willow Smith wow. was in there? That rules! Yeah, she's one of the Hellenists. That's, this fucks. I'm, for the first time, looking at this extended castles. I'm, I'm delighted. Yeah, um, who is Kathy? Just thought of while we're talking about her. Alexa Chung. I feel like I know that name. Huh. She's like a beauty geek? No, she's an actress. Um, but I know her from, from something on YouTube. I forget what. But anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't understand why Cass's ex-girlfriend is British, considering she lives in Yokio and moved to San Francisco. Yeah, um, got a lot Especially of British. <laughs> a lot of weird accents around here. Yeah, the <laughs> I mean, some of them make more sense than others, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, everyone else is violently American, especially as we said, Sailor Pellegrino. <laughs> Sailor Pellegrino's my favorite. Um, Angel. Uh, yeah, I think the main thing I got out of this show, like you said at the beginning, was just like it's extremely quotable. Like, I don't know that like you know the story work is especially good like like you know kaz and uh helena's story is by far the most compelling but everything else is just sort of like you know side commentary which is funny but like there's there's just like a lot of wild shit in here like when they're taking that the soviet union driver out like around and uh showing her all the bars at one point <laughs> they go to this bar that's just like uh some person's apartment and then she's like this is so cool. In Soviet Union, government would never let you keep Tiger in apartment block. And Lexi's just like, no, I don't think it's allowed in Yokio either. <laughs> Which was really, really good. Um, as somebody yeah, from I Indiana, mean, like, that, that is a situation that I think could probably happen here. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I've been in similar situations just around Buffalo and Rochester. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to go to frat parties. But, um, <laughs> fucking, uh, yeah, I mean, this is very much like, let's be real. This is a rich person's critique of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing, I would say, compelling or good here, but it is entertaining. Yeah. Um, because, like, okay, so Helena gets possessed. This is, like, literally opening the show. Helena gets possessed and Cash just goes, oh, Helena's possessed? Man, that sucks. Like... That's the tone the whole show takes. There's no stakes. There's no, like, real tone. There's no emotional core other than Helena. Like, it's just entertainment. And you know what? I think that's fine. Yeah. You know what? If if you, uh, Jane Smith, just want to make shows where you're, like, a melancholy rich teen who gets cheered up by uh, squid ink pasta, like, by all means... <laughs> Yeah, uh, please tell me more about uh, your old music teacher's uh, Gregorian house. Oh <laughs> That's why he was so shady, because he didn't want anyone to know that his boyfriend plays Gregorian house, which is so fucking funny. Um, 
just like a mix between house music and Gregorian chants, which kind of slaps. I would listen to it. That sounds like exactly what I would listen to in middle school. It's pretty much Nightwish. Oh, God. Incredible. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at all these quotes. What up, city bitch? <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> like, there's just a lot of very, like, quotable, very good things in this show. But, like, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, like, listen, it's not it's not a work of art, uh, but, you know, it's... I... well... Hmm. I think so. I think it's art. Sure, but I wouldn't say it's high art. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Like, listen, the Mona Lisa and a Banksy are not necessarily equivalent, but I like them about as much as each other. The only good thing Banksy ever did was shred his own painting after someone bought it. <laughs> did you hear about that? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that... funny. That was really good. I will give Banks full credit for that one. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, it's very um, good. The rest of it, yeah. Eh, it's fine. Eh, yeah. I know, again, like a rich person's Yeah, it, a bank, Banksy would fit really well in this universe. <laughs> I'm shocked he wasn't referenced, honestly, now that we talk about it. Um, but, you know, Jaden Smith was too busy dropping uh, Cartier 1919 jokes <laughs> left and right. Yeah, jokes that I don't, like, that's the problem is that it was a little bit, the rich people jokes were a little bit too specific for the rest of us to sort of get. My mom is obsessed with brands. Oh no. I grew up in a home filled to the brim with L's and bazaars and Vogue's. A bitch knows her Cartier's. I got the Bergdorf Goodman jokes. I got the Chanel's. I got it all. Um, very aspirational jokes. But there are, I mean, like I said, it's like a love letter to Kanye West almost. You know what I mean? Like, it's very name-droppy and weird. And, and again, a rich person's critique of capitalism. Which, like, man, there is so much more to critique. We got bigger problems. Yeah. Um, if, we could, if we could have health care, that would be cool. Oh, no, we don't need that. Uh, In a pandemic? Nah. Oh. Um, no, no. Uh, do we have anything else we want to hit? Just how much I love our though. I don't know what it is about these, like, rich, shitty, spoiled boys that I just love. <laughs> so much it's very much in my brand like i love hal pendragon i blame him it started with him i love hal pendragon um diana Wine jones has this series called the chronicles of crestomancy there's a spoiled rich brat in there love that shit um diana Wine jones author of uh, house Moon castle um I, I just love like like a harmless spoiled self-absorbed man I think because I think it's funny, and if they're preoccupied with themselves, they're not preoccupied with, like, me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just makes me laugh, because it's like a version of a himbo that would feed me. A dark himbo, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> capitalist himbo. Um, <laughs> but it, it does delight me, and I'm, uh, I will continue to not have taste, I think. You guys can expect that to not change in 2021. I will continue to be a tasteless monster who loves shitty, 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 shitty rich boys. Um, and um, Aaron is going to continue to love women who should be stepping on him at all times. And you know what? That's fine. Mm -hmm. I agree. 
really none of those in the show for you. We need yeah. to watch more things with Mean Girls. I'm sure if we put out our feelers and we were like, hey, where's a, a point us in a way of an anime with a mean bitch? People would have some things to say, I'm sure. Oh, Our yes. audience of 10. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we love each and every one of you, uh, and not because you all personally know us. Um, I'm sure there's like, if you're a stranger, email us at mortifiedpine at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, do we want to just, you know, try to set up what we're doing for the rest of the month? Yeah, sure. Um... Okay, so as always, um, if you want this information in written form, you want to comment to you, you should sign up for our newsletter, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Tumblr. It's Mortified Pod everywhere. For the rest of the month, here's what we're doing. Uh, so we did Neo Yokio today. Next week, I will be reading Jade City by Fonda Lee, um, a book that has come up a couple of times colloquially. So I'm very excited to actually get into it. In two weeks, we are subjecting ourselves to the greatest showman. Oh, fuck. Uh-huh. Hey. It was your fucking idea. Yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna both pay for it. Thrilled. Um, and then we're gonna dip our little toesies into some One Piece. And that's January. Yeah, One Piece will be good. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be, meet all these stretchy boys. Yes, incredibly long boys. I do, I do love a lengthy... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that everyone in One Piece looks a little fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all very long and <laughs> have various uh, monster factory qualities. Um, oh, we love that. Too. We love that about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, a bunch of really delightful things on our on our brainstorming list um, that I look forward to. Yeah, I think we got we got a good we got a good solid uh, ideas lineup. So you can expect yeah. us to consume some media in the, the coming days and weeks. <laughs> Yeah, we'll be doing, we'll be doing that for sure. Uh, Aaron, is there anything, uh, anything you want to close out on? I feel like we can usually make it to 45 minutes. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a short show. Um, it's a short boy. Yeah. Uh, like I said, just a lot, just a lot of quotes. Yeah. Incredibly quotable though. Like if you really think about the plot, you could summarize it in about three sentences. So... You know, if you want to knock out six episodes in a movie, nice afternoon. Yeah, no, it's it's a very pleasant way to spend spend some time and think about how rich people are trying to be relatable is maybe not the best time, but you know what? It's fine because <laughs> they made some incredibly entertaining content. Listen, I would much rather rich people try to be relatable than just sing Imagine at me on Twitter. So that's fair. <sighs> anyway, Aaron, where do people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet at mbmbf and me. Um, so our last uh, our episode that's going up probably the same day that this episode goes up uh, was our Christmas special where me, Michael, Josh, and my wife Sierra uh, watched the 2011 play where me and Sierra were both in uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, and we have thoughts about that musical. If you love hearing me and Layla bash Andrew Lloyd Webber, definitely check that out. Uh, so that'll be a good one. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, I also have a webcomic at astralheartcomic.com. That'll be coming back very, very soon. Um, 
I also write essays at LaylaMamadoa.com slash blog. And this month, I think I'm going to write probably about, uh, I seem to curse myself whenever I say I'm going to write about something and I don't end up writing about that thing. But probably this month, I'm going to talk about um, how the form of a story serves its function. Um, namely, I'm going to talk about uh, Yashahime, Princess Half Demon, which is the sequel to Inuyasha, and why it's a shonen sequel to a shoujo, and um, also uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, which we will be discussing on this podcast soon-ish, I think in like March. Anyway, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, essay. Um, you should also know that our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. Find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, uh, what do we say when we're contemplating the absurdity of time and space in the future? Oh, who cares what time it is when the future is an indeterminable abyss of whackness? <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.